about watching that television show hmm? I taped yesterday? Welcome for the third time to Do You Remember Robotech with me, Shane, and also my good friend, Manny. What's up, Manny? Hey, I'm Manny. Uh, just chilling here drinking. Cool. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking Powerade Zero Grape Flavor, Zero Calories, Zero Sugar, uh, with a bit of mango pineapple vodka in it. How does it taste? Uh, it tastes like grape and mango and pineapple. Yeah, yeah, you're you're a pretty big mango guy. That's one of your big like all time flavors, as far as I'm telling uh, you. That is the all time flavor. There's if you, if you give me mango and any other choice, I'm going to take mango every single time. I remember you, you do hate that like one Arizona mango tea, don't you? It's like uh, way too mucho sweet. mango flavor. No, I love yeah. mucho mango oh, no. flavor. Oh, I, I think... don't know. I don't know where you heard this disparaging, like. Oh, this this is I am offended with this by this. A lot of the fans and you know write into the email and they they kind of complain about you and your, your bad mango tastes. So uh-huh. I'm trying not to listen to them. I know they're bad influences, but occasionally one of their evil thoughts just kind of pops in. But uh, regardless of those evil thoughts, I am very excited to sit here and talk about uh, another two you know, wonderful-ish episodes of Macross uh, and Robotech. You know, to use a weird plural there for the strange intermingling of how these shows work. Any other banter you'd like to say as a normal thing for me to say to you? Uh, yes, I think you are a good human being person. <laughs> oh, thank you. I think I'm a sleepy human being person. It is, it is a late night recording, everyone. Unfortunately, not do the cool late night things of taking in weird callers who ask us strange questions about energy drinks and vodka combinations. You ever had a Four loco, Manny? Uh, no, no, I haven't. I've seen the cans, and, and I, I thought, no, I've, I've heard things, and I don't want those things to happen to me. Yeah. Energy drinks destroy me. I had, a, like, a Red Bull once, and it was dreadful. I felt really, really bad. I think the only other thing that's made me feel that bad is, strangely, a Crystal Pepsi when they brought those back for, like, a <laughs> year. It made me feel awful. I, it was delicious. I kept buying them as a thing. The Which, Red Bull or the Crystal Pepsi? No, no. Yeah, no. Red, Red, Bull tasted, Red, Bull. Red Bull tastes like shit. I would not buy that again. The Crystal Pepsi tastes delicious, and it kept making me feel like weird and buzzy, but I just kept buying them. Uh, and now they're gone forever. So I'm glad I made that decision to keep overexerting my body. Yeah, you're safe and sound. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, let's get into it. And by it, I mean the very silly segment that we started last time that Manny hates the name of. Uh. And also all of the content of, it kind of hates everything about it, standing ovation. Clap, clap, clap. So this time we have, I think, a very cool one. Uh, and I will remember this time actually to put the pictures of the stand in the podcast description so that you viewer can you know take a look and kind of follow along with this visual auditory medium we have going on here. 
And Manny, are you all ready to take a look at this beautiful stand? All right, I'm ready. And you can scroll down and see about three pictures of the hand. What does this person look like, Manny? Describe them for our wonderful audience. Oh, well, first off, he's got a flat top. That's the <laughs> that's the like the first thing I notice. Flat top. He's got gold beady eyes. He's got a is are those a dollar sign and a yen a yen symbol? Yeah. Like pretty cool on, huh? on his pecs there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. He's called the I, hand. Is uh <laughs> He is called the hand. He looks like he's richly adorned. He's got like gold knee protectors. He's got gold armbands. He's got gold spikes on his shoulders. He's got a cool codpiece thing going on there. Yeah, he does. Does he? Is that like a one of those little armor things that they wear in, in baseball? The the catchers. What do you call those things? I'm glad you asked me, your friend who knows a lot about sports, for this question, Manny. Uh, I can say definitively, yes, that is the thing catchers. And umpires using sports. I mean, he's got the hand out like he's catching something. <laughs> he's about to catch the hand, really. As he uh, say. The, the live action image here also looks very much very faithful to the to the manga image here. Yeah, you should mention like when you say flat top, it's not literally like flat top hair. It is like a strange like his head looks like a can of beans with eyes on it. Yeah, yeah, that that that's quite good actually. Uh, so this is the hand. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about his ability now, Manny. Uh, oh, wait, wait, no, 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 don't. I forgot the most fun part. Tell me what you think this guy does first. Okay, so he's called the hand. Yeah. He's richly adorned, and uh, his hand is reaching out. Uh, does he steal your money? Is he a thief? I think his owner at one point steals some things, but that is, like, not related to to his power. Okay, uh, is, is the, the dollar sign and yen symbol related to his power? Not at all completely unrelated it is oh. more related just to like the user being kind of um like like a, a a baller gang member sort of guy uh i do see the live action user and he does have that that pompadour yeah you see yeah. On, on punks yeah uh, he's, he's a delinquent okay uh he wasn't like as visually interesting as the last guy so i didn't uh, include pictures of, of him specifically he's cool though i love him i'll give you one hint i, I usually won't give hints but uh, it is related to what happens in this episode of of Macross and Robotech. Oh, does he does he send you out into space, Manny? You literally guessed that last time with the last character. Did I? Just, yes, you, you said does he send you out into space for for the last <laughs> guy? You said like does he punch you into space? You cannot keep guessing that every single time. I mean, this happens in this episode. It's the name of the okay. Macross Robotech episode. I will say now I wasn't going to do this, but now that it's it's come up, I'd like to give an official, uh, maybe like a quarter apology for giving you no points for that last time. I will say, you know, thinking about it, technically the last guy does put them into a zero gravity environment, which is very similar to that of space. So, you know, in he does not punch people into space, but he does spit people into an environment similar to space. So that's uh, thank, thank you for the partial credit. I appreciate okay. it. Okay, uh, so this is this is the hand. Uh, and I'll, I'll read his ability. And while I do so, uh, so that you can better understand it, you'll, you should see an help, a helpful GIF there. If you could click on that and, and take a look at how that works. So uh, the hand's ability, anything that the hand's right palm touches is erased from this universe, be it physical matter or space itself. Whenever the hand erases something, the voided space is immediately filled and stitched up by adjacent space and objects, effectively removing any traces of the removed object's existence. This can even be used to teleport by erasing the space between the stand and wherever it wishes to go, which you can see in that GIF there. 
Uh, I do see it. Yeah, he erases his space, and the guy in between, or the guy on the other side of the fold, uh, is kind of just like pushed forward almost. Yeah, it's a very cool stand. I like it a lot. It doesn't always quite make a lot of sense if you really think about it. Like if you scrape the ground, does the ground like push itself back in? It doesn't really work that way, but it is fun to think about mathematically. How does this work? I want to. I want to know the math behind this power. Like what, what? What? Like how many dimensions is he folding in? To, to make this power make sense. I mean, you need a Japanese and an American accountant because it's it's a yen and, and a dollar symbol for it to for it to do the math. We cannot we cannot do that. But uh, you know what? What do you think about this guy? I mean, his design, his power. Do you like him? Uh, the design is, is like fine-ish. The power okay. is cool. It looks like it be sounds like it could be used in like any number of ways. Yeah. Now that you mentioned, it, I do want to say one of uh, a good the quotes on the JoJo Wiki for the hand is very funny. I'm, I'm getting a lot of this info from the JoJo Wiki, by the way. Thank you for making a good wiki. It, it's not associated with fandom, which is also good because fandom is a terrible, terrible garbage website. Here's a quote: uh, "A stand that erases space and teleports objects that could have been really dangerous if this guy wasn't such a dumbass." <laughs> uh, referring to the the user of it. Like what are the what are the limits to it? Because can can he just like look at you and like erase your torso? Uh, if he's close enough, yeah. I mean, he, oh, it's so like a distance. Yeah, yeah. It, it this is a kind of a close range stand. So you know, like Star Platinum, for example, is like it can only like go a little bit away from the user. Uh, usually, like most like the big bulky ones that punch things real hard have a pretty small range to them. Uh, so that's why he needs like teleport sometimes to to get get farther away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm 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 really I'm happy with this segment. I think that was good. I think it was a good educational experience. And we learned about the exchange rate. Learned something about Jojo. We learned something about ourselves. Uh, I'm a better person for it. You're already a pretty good person. Please never talk about this again. Well, that's I mean, we're going to talk about it 83 more times. And I'm going to say this 83 <laughs> more times. <laughs> Eventually, it'll become true, and and it will after we have gone over every single stand in, in the show. Oh my god. Uh, anyhow. Let's move on to voice actors. We're going to talk about uh, voice actors and do, you know, kind of a fun little small thing. Uh, talk about, uh, compare both of them. Uh, Manny will be handling the segment in the future, but uh, he's, he was a little bit too busy today. So I just did some some quick cursory looks. Uh, I, was, I was busy reading Isekai. Okay, it's important. It's important. This one, this one. Look, let me tell you real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you the title of this one. All right. Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh, Oh, where'd it go? <laughs> this is going to be a two-hour-long podcast, and it's half an hour is going to be Manny's a Sakai Corner. It's called The Princess of Convenient Plot Devices. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'll buy it. Tell, tell us about this Isakai, Manny. I was just going to tell you the title, but if you want <laughs> no. to know more, I would, I would gladly fill you in. Uh, so this girl who used to, in her, in her Japanese form, she used to love reading boys' love, light novels. Boys' love, you know. Mm-hmm. Guy on guy action, that kind of stuff. The two people I know that are listening to this podcast, they they know about boys love more than we do. All right, good for them. Yeah, this is, this is right up their alley. So she gets reincarnated, born into this world uh, as a princess, and uh, everybody around her is just guy on guy action all over. She she doesn't quite like it as much when it's in real life, all up in her face, because uh, it's going to have implications for her as a woman. Hmm. Namely, the, the weird traditions that they have in this weird world. Uh, like, she's going to have to give birth and then give the child up. It, it's weird now that I'm talking about it. It's, it's <laughs> I, fun I kinda, when I'm reading it. 
I kind of got that impression. I, I was literally about to say, as you were speaking, that it seemed like you were starting to come to a realization of how fucked up this was. I, like, no, like when I'm reading it, I, I'm, I'm both enjoying it and like saying, oh, this is fucked up in like 10 different kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. But talking about it without reading it, <laughs> without having that, that, that support of the comedy, like bringing me up. Oh, wow. This is, this is weird. I'm getting a lot of emails saying Manny's like a gross homophobic sex pervert. No, um, no. What? <laughs> I'm the one reading about boys love here. Okay. All right. Uh, well, she's, she's the one that's like, whoa, this is, this is causing issues for me here. Um, great. Would you recommend this? This guy? Uh, yes. I just, I read the first volume today. It was pretty good. It, it's fun. If you can look past how she has so much of a problem with, with all the guys around her being, uh, into guys all the time. Yeah, it's. Do you feel like it's a smart story that it is using these conceptions of of boys' love in like an, an intelligent way to kind of talk about, um, you know, Japan's perception of of homosexuality and, and like media and stuff like like anything like along those lines. No, I think it could be on the cusp of that, but so far it's just been very surface level. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, that that'd be really like interesting if they, they should get like a uh, an actual boys' love. Um, Mingaka to to do that sort of thing since they'd have like more of an idea. There, there's that one um, uh, like really critically acclaimed uh, you know boy, boys love Mangaka guy. Uh, I, I don't know his name or anything, but you know get get him to do it. I'm sure he he write Isakai. Yeah, I'm sure he's not doing anything. Well, thank you for Manny's Isakai corner. I was I what? wasn't expecting to get a whole corner, but thank you. I'm hoping we don't have a, a segment 83 more times of the show, but who knows. <laughs> Uh, anyway, voice actors for real. Well, so first of all, the we're going to cover the main character, uh, Hikaru and Rick, the Japanese voice actor. Hikaru Ichijo is Arahiro Hase, who has a extremely small career, like one of the the few examples of of work that he's done. Other than Hikaru, is like Meat Man number four. He has like three other named roles, really, and two of them are in up the like two other Super Dimension shows: one in Southern Cross, one in Orgus. So we're going to hear him again when we get to Southern Cross. Unfortunately, he did commit suicide at 31, uh, which is part of why he had a, a small career. Uh, so it's uh, very, very unfortunate. Aside from that, we have Rick Hunter, voiced by Tony Oliver. Uh, he is most well known for voicing Lupin Third, dubbed in a whole bunch of things. Uh, his other big role is Minato, Naruto's dad from Naruto. That guy's pretty cool, huh? He's the yellow flash. That's the, the he's got like a blonde hair. With like spiky hair, yes, yeah. I, well, I guess I just named like half of anime characters. <laughs> yeah, he's Super Saiyan Goku. <laughs> he's he's Naruto's dad. Yeah, he's he's that guy. He's uh, Milan Blue. He's like the one of the main robot characters in Brigadoon, who I like quite a bit. Uh, he's Bruford from JoJo. Was a very funny English dub name of Blueford. And uh, do you play Blaze Blue at all, Manny? Uh, I have played it on occasion. Uh, he was at one point, I think the first two games, the voice actor for Bang Shishigami. Oh, that guy. That guy's cool. Yeah, he is cool. Uh, he, well, he also did uh, Date Eiji from Hajime no Ippo, right? That's very important. Was that the guy? Is it, uh, we're talking about the same guy? I think so. Do you say he's the, the throw-up guy? Uh, that's, he also plays the throw-up guy. Okay. But uh, uh, he's a less important character. Who's, could you describe briefly the, the vomit throw-up boxer from Hajime no Ippo? Ah, yes. They name him Geromichi because he throws up. And like the, the sound, the onomatopoeia, I think, is Gero cool. for, for throwing up. So basically, he's just a nervous wreck all the time. 
So he just throws up when he's nervous. They nicknamed him Geromichi. His name is Naomichi. That gym probably smells really bad. Most gyms probably smell really bad unless they're well-maintained. Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, Finally, he was also like a producer of Power Rangers VR Trooper. Was it uh, Brian Cranston who was also a producer for for Power Rangers? Uh, I didn't know he was a producer. I know he he had a part as, as one of the monsters of the week. I, Problem is, uh, you know, there's there's your like one to one relation between Breaking Bad and Robotech Power Rangers. Wow, very cool. All right, that was a you know back and back and forth segment. Kind of interesting to see some of these guys. Uh, I'm excited to get to Lisa's voice actor. She has some funny stuff. Um, anyhow, let's do let's do the next bit of the show, Manny. Uh, what's the what's the next bit of the show? We're gonna we're gonna read each other's summaries. Oh, that that bit that's fun. Yeah, I think All so. Right. Uh, which one's first again? I guess so far I've always read yours first, so I guess I'll just keep doing that. That's okay with you. Uh, I approve. Okay, let's get going to episode three of Macross Space Fold. As the Macross is on its way into space, Fokker is attempting to contact Hikaru and decides to go back and get him personally. He contacts a bridge and reveals that the pilot of the VT. 102 is a civilian, much to the shock of all the bridge officers. Hikaru's bum out must have been very intense because when we catch up with him, he's only just waking up as Fokker arrives. He picks up the cockpit of the VT-102 and escapes under fire from enemy pods. On the bridge, Captain Global, we, we agreed to call him Bruno, orders that they rendezvous with the rest of the fleet, then considers the possibility that the unknown enemies are just toying with them, given the lack of a follow-up attack. Then Akaru and Fokker make fun of Misa for looking like an old lady. And the whole gang has a big laugh. Just big laughs all around the bridge. Fokker's now driving Akaru and Mime to a safe place on the ship while Akaru has a mini bum out about killing a giant alien. But the mini bum out is ended when Fokker shows Akaru his propeller airplane that he first showed up in. Fokker even goes full soon soon when Akaru thanks him profusely. The Macross is finally meeting up with the rest of the fleet and is preparing to dock with a large, I don't know how to pronounce this. I thought about getting to the uh, part of the Japanese where they say this, but it's, it's, yeah, it's just a, say armed. They armed. Are armed. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that could, that could be a decent, uh, decent cross up uh, with a large armed one and armed two ships. When the enemy attack starts, the armed one and a few other ships are immediately destroyed. So Captain Global orders that they head back towards the Island. They launch from while they prepare to use the fold system, which hasn't been tested yet. The crew gives some pushback, but Global yells at them to set the destination for the other side of the moon, like that one album. Cut to the underground shelters because we need to be reminded there are people down there. A whole city's worth of people. Anyway, Car and may hop on the prop plane and start heading down towards the island. The same moment, the Macross Space Fold initiates. The ship generates a huge bubble, and things on the inside of the bubble get a bit mind-bendy as the ship and everything in the bubble disappear. The ship emerges from the bubble, and along with it comes the island, part of the ocean, some aircraft carriers, and all the air and atmosphere from Earth that was inside the bubble. On the bridge, they detect the island. Hard to miss since they are headed right for it. Karu and Minmei are totally fine in their airplane. They float around for a bit until Hakar uses the booster in his plane to head back to the Macross, which is uh, under attack from a few enemy stragglers. One crashes into the hole, creating an opening for the plane to get inside the ship. Someone must have said that Misa looks old, as Akaru and Mimei both have a big laugh after they land. Uh, back on the bridge, Shammy reports that they are close to the planet you know, at that time. Pluto and Captain Global is incredulous 
uh, I I made my own joke and then you made your joke a little bit uh, like w- one sentence afterward. Sorry, sorry for 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 cucking your joke, Manny. Thank you. Uh, the whole bridge crew is losing their cool, but Global says, "Nah, it's totally cool. We can just we can just space full right back. It's no biggie." The Global's phone rings. Turns out the full <laughs> system has completely disappeared. This is gonna be a long trip back home. I like how that ends like it's a comedy movie trailer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I did uh, think about how to end it for a little bit. I was like, uh, I re- rewrote it three, three or four times, and I was like, yeah, this is a good way to end it. This is, is a good tone for it. Yeah, yeah, a bit, a bit denser than than your last few ones. And I think the first time that yours is actually longer than mine. So congratulations. Hey-o. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. Sorry again about that Pluto thing. It's uh, you know, I I think you know in some ways a dwarf planet is still a planet, right? Uh yeah, that that is true. It's right there in the name. You can't argue with that. You wouldn't say like a like a a brown brick isn't a brick. You know, some people would say that just to just to be contrarian, but I wouldn't. I'd be on your side. You know, what's funny is that I wasn't trying to make a reference, but my mind just automatically went to brown bricks. You, you know, you know, what I'm I'm referring to the brown I brick have video. No idea. There's a horrible little video on YouTube by like one of the angry video game nerds friends, where he has like a cartoon Inspector Gadget. And he's talking over a guy making the Starship Enterprise in Minecraft. Okay, go on. I feel like I've I've shown you this. Uh, it, it's it's a horrible little wretched video, and I've talked about it more. But the the joke is that brown bricks, you know, are kind of like poop. Oh, that is a yeah, that is a classic funny joke. I'm I'm laughing right now a whole bunch. It's like it's like someone said, "Whoa, Mies is old, and brown bricks are like poop." I'll <laughs> <laughs> get you. Uh, yeah, good good summary as always, Manny. I'm glad that second Misa line got a laugh out of you. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Uh, you, you had to do the setup. I, I don't know. I don't know if my if I'll get laughs out of you, but I think there's a few pretty funny moments in, in my oh. summary. Yeah. Oh my! You can you can go at it whenever you're ready. All right, uh, episode three. Wait, why is yep. your, is, is it different? Is the title Warpful? I thought you said the same title. You're, you I think here. I think I think the title is just Warpful. I think you just got it wrong. Wow, I guess uh, for me. <laughs> you know what's really funny is that I made the exact same mistake. Oh wow, we're so much alike. Wait, who 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 fucked up? Oh my god, what is what is the name of this episode? Uh, okay, it's so funny if you fucked up, not me. In in in, in Macross, it is Spacefold. All right, wait. According to the wiki, list of Macross. Oh boy. Oh boy, I'm. Uh, I wrote. I'm I wrote just, down. I'm like I wrote salivating here, hoping that you're wrong. Spacefold. Oh my god. I, I I purposely I wrote space and then I I crossed it out and wrote warp. I don't know how I how I did this. Wow. I have, uh, let me let me double check with Robotech episodes. Am I am I wrong in both places? I'm I'm wrong in both places. Wow. All right. The episode is called Spacefold, not Warpfold. Wow. Uh, like, wrong in the first word. Okay. I truly do not know how I I made this mistake. I feel like I triple checked it and I'm still wrong. All right. Uh, go go ahead. Uh, I just want uh, I want to apologize <laughs> in place of Shane here for to all the fans out there. We got this info wrong. It's just very unprofessional. We're gonna do better from now on. Uh, this is uh, one of those text images on Twitter. <laughs> we did we did wrong. We would do better. You know, I would have had time to triple check, but someone was uh was was keeping up till what is it ten thirty p.m. That means you uh, had all that time stuff. while I was while I was doing this. Anyway, episode three, warp fold. I said warp fold. I'm gonna read what's on the page there. Roy Falker, much like Shane's mother, has forgotten a young child at the battlefield. Maybe a grocery store. 
He makes a U-turn and uh, helps a still traumatized Rick and Minmay escape the literal clutches of a dead giant. The battle crosses for like, was that supposed to say rages? No. The battle crosses for like 30 <laughs> seconds before they make it out of there. All the while, Rick hiding the truth of the giantness of the Zentradi from Minmay. Back on the SDF, the crew discusses their upcoming rendezvous. Oh, you used the word rendezvous too. I'm glad we both used mm. that word. Yeah. Uh, rendezvous with the Earth ships. And Henry wonders aloud why the aliens seem to have purposefully avoided attacking the Macross. This is interrupted by the return of uh, Focky Rick May. Uh, Focker Rick May. Focker Rick, Rick May. May. Yeah. Focker Rick May. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. F- FRM. <laughs> FRM. Lisa tells Rick and Fokker that the shenanigans are illegal in the military. <laughs> and Rick responds by calling her an old sourpuss. The trio, back on the Macross proper, drive up to a surprise gift. Fokker has recovered Rick's airshow plane. Rick is successfully untraumatized and jumps for joy. Fokker, putting on a foreshadowing voice, says, Try not to leave this ship because it's very big and you will probably get lost for a while. Uh, we then see a couple of old sourpusses, the Zentradi, discussing their plans, worried that the Macross will get far enough away from Earth to fold space. Basically, air quotes, warp away. They decide to increase the strength of their bombardment. There's no way they could fold space right next to their planet, they say. That would be very bad. Back on the SDF bridge, Henry decides to fold space right next to the planet. It's very bad. When the fold happens, it rips the entire Macross island asunder from the Earth and the SDF immediately crashes into the landmass now floating in deep space. They're also next to Pluto, which is not great considering they were, you know, aiming for the moon. There's a big gap there. Meanwhile, Rick has chosen a truly poor time to try and fly Minway back to Earth in his dinky little airplane. Caught outside during the fold, the duo barely managed to find a way back inside the Macross. Unfortunately, the ship is very big, and the next time on informs us they will be lost for a while. The episode ends with one final piece of bad news. The warp fold drive has gone straight up missing. Like, gone, just straight up gone. So they just can't even warp back. Henry vapes outside the bridge, bemoaning the long way back. Uh, It was a pipe, was it right? That's that's what he had? (laughs) I know it was a pipe. I know he wasn't actually vaping, but, you know. I mean, uh, it, they told him he couldn't vape on the bridge in the first episode. So, like, <laughs> the second he steps, steps like, right out the bridge, he, he busts out that pipe. He's, it, he was hankering the whole time, twitching. You could you could probably vape with a pipe. It doesn't seem like something impossible to do. There's, like, a vape pen hidden inside the pipe. Yeah, you could just engineer that. Yeah, that sounds really simple. In my mind, Henry absolutely a vapor bruno traditional pipe smoker uh yeah i agree i agree yeah. do you do you have you ever vaped i have never vaped i i think i smoked once and i coughed and i said no i'm good listen kids we like to have a lot of fun on this show but we like to be serious for a moment smoking is super lame if all your friends that you think are really cool are smoking cigarettes or smoking vapes I want you to go and and break the, all their windows in their house yeah just take a golf club yeah. Boom. Like, yeah. if, and if it's one of those windows with multiple panels, break every panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and then probably don't smoke. It's bad for you. But, but make sure you break all the windows. Anyway, cool. yeah. Uh, right. would, do you like my summary? Uh, yeah, it's a good summary. Uh, I like the part where... Fuck Rick May? Fuck Rick May was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Fuck Rick May was pretty good. Uh, breaking the fourth wall with the next time on. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm there for it. Do, uh, do you typically watch the next time ons? Uh, no, never. Oh, okay. Oh, like like not like for any TV show, not just this one. Uh, if I can skip it, I will skip it. All right, fair enough. Look, man, life is short. I don't have time for this. I'm going to okay. watch the next one right now. Yeah, 
Wow, we probably should wait till we're we're done. Uh, I I I usually um, watch them, like especially here for Macross. It's fine because I've already seen it, so it's not too big a deal either way. Did we get spoiled for myself? But probably, yeah. You should you should stick to, to skipping them. Uh, I put it in in the summary just because it's funny. It doesn't really matter that much. It's not like Rick dies in the next episode, which would be a little funny. Uh, yeah, like sometimes, like in those next time on, they'll just tell you, "Hey, guy dies in the next episode." You mean yeah, a a guy dies. Uh, no, I was referencing the 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 Jetman episode oh, titled yep. "Guy Dies." Oh yeah, uh, guy guy does not die in that one, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty funny. That if anything, a joke built on eons of shows not doing fake outs. Uh, what'd you think of these episodes? These episodes individually, I think they were pretty pretty good episodes. Mm-hmm. There, not much happened in them. Like they really just got into space and then went from one part in space to another part in space. Right. Plot wise, that's what happened. Yes. There's not yes. much to them. You're right. Plot wise, they essentially just teleport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like a lot of small character bits that are that are generally pretty good. Well, I mean, like the main crux of this episode, I think. So I guess we can start there is Rick Hunter and Min May talking to each other uh, yeah. throughout the episode. Uh, some very good lines, I think, in both Macross and in and Robotech uh, about about their, their relationship. Uh, just to jump ahead a little bit, there's my my favorite line of probably the whole episode is when they're they're planning on going out and Min May and Rick are talking and she's like, "This is like a one seater plane. Is is this okay?" And Rick responds, "Yeah, we 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 can both fit in as long as both the people are very friendly with each other." Yeah. It's so small. Will it hold two people? If they're very friendly, it will. Uh, and, and she 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 gets pretty friendly with them right there. Yeah, uh, a lot more explicitly romantic in Robotech too than in yeah, Macross. Yeah. There was there was a little bit of flirty action going on. There was almost none of that in 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 uh, Macross at all. I think. No, yeah, I I'd, I'd agree. Which does lend a little bit of a difference to Midnight's character as well, where she seems more a little bit more agency in Robotech than in Macross. Uh, she's it seems like a little bit like night like she's you know not even both of course she's like very yeah. childlike but even more so in in Macross she does not appear to even realize that there's anything romantic happening uh, in Robotech explicitly uh, Rick says this is pretty romantic and she says yes it is uh, I think she's the one that says it's romantic oh oh the, the other way around yeah there there is romanticness going on either way. Yeah, let's see. Uh, did what did you ha- have your thoughts on Min May changed or or embiggened over the course of this episode? Where's your uh, Min May? I, I still think I prefer Robotech Min May. Yeah, uh, like you said, she's got a little bit more agency to her. There's just a little bit more to her than, than Macross Min May. I don't know. I, I think it was really cute that when she was eating a Slim Jim next to the airplane, and she gave Rick a bite. I don't know. It's just a really cool thing that I liked. I, uh, it, it was the exact same dialogue, but it just felt better in in uh, Robotech because of how she because of, of how she we've seen her be. Yeah, even though it's not 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 that much of a difference, but it, it makes enough to 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 where hey, here's a Slim Jim bite. Uh, like and over the course of both shows, would would you say that 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 you're getting fond of her? You're not not quite not quite sure yet. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. Like, the more we see of her, look, there's nothing wrong with Minmay. I'm not saying hey, no more <laughs> Minmay here. Yeah, like just give, give us give us some more Minmay. Uh, from the sounds of it, we're gonna get more Minmay and uh, Rick Hikaru in the next episode, right? 
Uh, yes, it's so. it's a pretty Min May focused episode. Uh, also, you? you know, she's like on all the posters and stuff. Pretty pretty yeah. big, big character. Uh, and then for I think I think she is interesting. Um, it, it's funny because like in a lot of ways she is like the prototypical anime girl, but I think also the show is a little bit aware of that of of the ways in uh, which it treats and, and talks about her. Um, in it, it might even be a little bit more interesting. I don't know. You know, a, a, anime and woman, especially like fifteen year old girls, we talked a little bit about last episode. Uh, if this show can handle the idea of like a woman without agency as sort of a romantic goal in a way that seems well considered and not exploitative. You know, I, I don't know if I was full critic brained, uh, if even I'm critic brained now when I watched the show for, for the first time. Uh, so interesting kind of reexamining that, but yeah, as far as this episode goes, uh, like you'll know, like Rick and Anakaru to a Marvin extent treats her like a child there's a lot of uh, there, there's two times explicitly where uh, you know, Hick, Hick, Hick or Rick says like, hey, this is really traumatic and she is not well equipped to handle this in terms of seeing that there are giants walking around Ooh, and that handle it, so. I, I, I don't know. I think both of our summaries missed this. But while they're in their rinky dink plane, there's like air coming out of it <laughs> um, yeah. while they're in space, while they're in space. And, uh, like and he whole... just like kind of shoves a, a like a handkerchief in there. And she's like, what's what's that sound? And Rick is just like, um, don't worry nothing. about don't it. Worry about it. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. These planes make all sorts of sounds. So he really does not seem to respect her very much in, in that terms. A, a part of me wants to forgive it by saying like, he's a little bit older than her, but also that excuse is not good when he's also very romantically interested in her. If you're not, if someone's not old enough for you to respect to know things, they're probably not old enough for you to, that, that you should not see them as a good romantic prospect generally. Generally, I think that if you and someone else are in danger, you should tell the other person. Yes. That's what I think. Also that. Two brains can get can get out of the situation easier. I, I like we, we have very different going at that very different ways. I'm I'm going at it from like a toxic relationship view, and you're like, as a survivalist, this is yeah. what I would do. I mean we should do both. We should yeah. both think about both things. Yeah. You know, it was a little weird in when I visited you how like your your car was a one seater and, and you also said like, you know, it'll it'll be fine. Uh, we just have to be a little bit friendly with each other. I thought it was a little strange at the time, but yeah, now, I mean, now they see this. It was weird having you sit in my lap because you're like <laughs> a foot taller than me. <laughs> yeah, it was really hard for you to see the instruments as well. <laughs> just just like Hikaru. One one last thing I, I guess about Minmei, if you don't have anything else to add. Uh they they did the the same thing they did last episode where Foker is a little bit less uh, creepy than Fokker. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, he, he's almost uh, just, just basically worried about her in Robotech, right? Yes. Rick is the one that, that comes out and, and interrupts. Yeah. In Macross, he's like, he's more explicitly, Hey, I want to take her home. And that yeah. explains Rick's or Hikaru's outburst. Yeah. Here he says like, very normal, like, look, I'll, I'll, I'll take you home as soon as it's safe. And then and Rick just kind of bursts out. He's like, Hey, I want to be the one to take her home. Uh, while in in Macross, they both kind of share the like, oh, I want to take her home. What? What do you mean? And they like kind of get into a tiff that shows that they're both interested in this fifteen year old. And that's another another point where where they show Minmay to be a little, a little bit naive. Yeah, because she doesn't pick up on on. Uh, I was gonna say subtext, but there's no subtext there. <laughs> like they're just straight up talking about taking her home. Uh, <sighs> yeah. getting down. This is no good talk, especially right in front of her. Come on. Yeah, respect respect to Foker only only ogle that 15 year old once maybe he didn't know how old she was you know not that it's a great excuse but you know maybe he like he like really figured it out in, in the time and, and he, he he backed off which is you know good good 
I mean, he should point. be like, hey, I'm with Claudia right now. I'm not, I got ice for nobody. Uh, yeah. If, if they are together, I can't remember. Like, I know they, they, they banged. Uh, they banged. I don't know if they're together. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. We don't know their relationship status yet. If it's like, it's complicated, if they're it's open. Com- yeah. Totally open. It's a big ship. A lot of space yeah. to be open. Claudia was even like, hey, Lisa, you want to get in on this? I don't know. I don't know what kind of stuff she was suggesting, but she's open to some stuff, apparently. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Speaking of Lisa, you know, the, the big scene you mentioned in your summary is in both shows, they make a big deal out of calling her old. Uh, I should say for anyone not looking at the show, she does not look old. She kind of sounds old in Robotech. Uh, it is more that she is like slightly more responsible than, than I guess women are associated as being, and that makes her old in comparison. Uh, yeah, she's she's by the book compared to most of the other people on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Like she's up front, right? She's what is, what is she like the head communications officer? Or yes, something like yeah, yeah, lead, lead communications officer, lead communications officer. Yeah, so she's the one that we hear about from the most on the bridge. So we 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 can see, hey, she's a book by the book kind of officer, mm-hmm. and uh, people give her shit for it. She is very upset about people calling her old, though. She does not take that with grace. I mean, I wouldn't. It like when your boss is laughing at you being called old, that's pretty rough. I, I think he was laughing at the reaction more than actually yeah, being called old. I'd still be, I'd still be a little sad. But it's still not cool. Yeah, put a you, put a lid on it, Bruno. It's it's like a major emergency, and the civilians like talking shit with you. Uh, Bruno and Henry should both be like, "Listen, you shut the fuck up, kid. Don't 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 talk to my my lead communications officer that way." We'll throw you back out there. We don't need you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the uh, in Robotech, uh, Minmay gets in on the action, calling her old too. I think doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, she's she's like um, she kind of makes an apology on in both shows, but in Robotech specifically, the way she phrases it, like, "Listen, old people like her get, get can get pretty mad if you don't apologize." <laughs> she says it in like a very naive way, though. Like she doesn't understand that she's like continuing being told. She's like, "Oh, this is just an old lady too." Yeah, but you, you should show this old person some respect. Good old Minmay. Uh, yeah, she's she's very funny. She's a a, a very funny character. Quick, quick other Lisa thing. In Robotech, she's a little bit more competent than Misa is because she had like already done the work in terms of finding out that Rick was a civilian uh, pilot. Because in in um, Macross, Misa is completely surprised. She's like, "What? There's a pilot? He's a civilian? What the hell happened there?" And in Robotech, she's like, look, that pilot's an imposter. That pilot's an imposter. I've gone through the entire registry, and I find no record of such a person. I, I looked him up. <laughs> He's, he is sus, Foy Rocker. Did I say Foy, Foy Rocker? Rocker. Yeah. <laughs> Foy Rocker. <laughs> he, he is, he, he's a sussy little baka, Roy oh, Rocker. Oh, for sure. We, he's, we don't trust him at all. We need to eject him from the ship. And, that, and then is when Fokker says, like, hey, he's, he's, he's my friend. Chill out. He's a um, civilian. Mm-hmm. He's cool. In the uh, in the Macross dub, uh, Shammy has a has a really good line read uh, when she reacts. She says, "No way!" I really really enjoyed that. Shammy's great. Uh, Shammy might be my favorite character in the show. She's really fun. She's really fun. Like she just broke down crying at the end of the episode. <laughs> what did you? Probably I mean, not. yeah, if I was stuck in Pluto, and however long it's going to take to get home. Oh man, like it's not even a planet. Come on. Some of the faces this episode looked really bad. Uh, yes, uh, I especially noticed it when uh, when Fokker arrived to to rescue Rick and picked up the cockpit straight out from the ship, which is a cool thing they can do. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah, like they just pick up the cockpit. There's like an eject switch 
that you can just turn and, and like the cockpit slides right out. That when when Minmay and Rick were looking up, like that was that was just those are some off model faces. Yeah. Uh, Shammy's small mouth was the one I noticed at the very beginning. There's like a frame in her first line where her like fully open exclaiming mouth is like one twentieth of her face. It's really weird. <laughs> you know what's, what's funny about that cockpit scene? I for the first like two times I watched it, I thought he was like put it on his belt like a holster. Oh, like on his belt? No, he puts it like on on his like under forearm. Under yeah, the forearm there. I saw that, but for uh, for a good while, I was living in a better world where he. Just no, but, had... but it does. He does put it on the crotch when he transforms into the gearwalk mode. So you do get your crotch action. You know, I will. I will point out you use the the, the term that you voted against last time. Uh, it's because I can't remember what the <laughs> other one was. Is <laughs> it guardian? It's guardian. Okay, yeah. You really, you really gonna forget the the one you voted for? Wow, it, it's just memorable. Okay, it's not my okay. fault. Okay, let's talk about the big scene. What are you talking about? The jump? Yeah. Star Trek Four time travel <laughs> scene? Um, I think this probably looks cooler than, than Star Trek Four. Oh, yeah. But... This is more like Star Trek One, uh, the motion picture where they... no, you, you had you had your... <laughs> nope, stopping it there. Okay. I told you you had one no more, more. Star Trek. No more Star Trek for, for today. Yeah. Uh, me writing warp speed is, is pushing it. But uh, yeah, that, that whole warp scene, extremely cool. I had a little bit of trouble understanding what was happening. And I felt like a small child because I, I remember watching it like a few times over and over. And I was like, I don't, I don't quite get what's happening here uh, in, in a good way. I don't think it's like confusing in a bad way. I think it's like, yeah, you know, it's supposed to be mysterious. You don't, you're not supposed to know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Things are happening outside of, of control. Like this, this huge, incredible, crazy power that's doing all these wild things. Even the most of the cast a little bit confused about what's happening yeah. until it, it really goes in. Uh, I'm shamefully confused on some of the mechanics of it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If we're supposed to know the, the mechanics, but sh- shamefully in Robotech, when they like explain part of it uh, is when I got it. Like I, I was pretty sure that I knew what happened. Like, Oh, they took, uh, I didn't realize they took the Island with them for the first time I was watching through. I thought like, like maybe they had, um, like like the moon there's like a moon on the city or something dumb like that it took me a few a few tries to really grasp that and robotech they say whoa what is that do we take macross island with us and i was like okay yeah i guess that's that's why they were like naming the island multiple times in in both shows like they, yeah, so they we, said hey we've made a full orbit and we're about right back at the island is everyone on the island dead no uh that's that's one of the mechanics that i was really wondering about because the island is just floating in open space you see it freezing over because of how far they are from the sun. They get away with it by saying, oh, everyone was in underground shelters. Not too many people died, so it's fine. There's a line that says, hey, we're evacuating people from the shelters. How? How are you evacuating people from those shelters? I want to know. You're like in the orbit of Pluto. There's like, as far as I know, it's just the Macross. Like those, there, there's no other ships there. The only ships are the frozen aircraft carriers that were in the water. They got teleported uh, along with them. How does this work? How are those people in the shelter getting to the to the Macross? If this were Gundam, we would have like a, a UC side story about those guys. Uh, we would have like three different ones of like three different groups of people, and like they all they all found Gundams somehow. <laughs> well, no, no, they you know they love the they love the grunt suits. It'd be like an igloo or like an evolved situation. 
Okay, they, they'd all find GMs, but like GM Sniper 2 Customs or something. Yeah, so they all look like shitty Transformers. But yeah, the uh, the propeller plane, like leaking air, shouldn't like that thing have just like frozen them completely immediately? That thing, by all accounts, like, I'm no scientist. I think that thing just should have exploded right away. I don't yes. think, I don't even know how that could exist in space, even without the warp fold situation. So, so that was why I included the line uh, in my summary where it teleported everything, including air and atmosphere. So, like, I will headcanon it by saying uh, the atmosphere took a little while to to equalize. So, for like a few, maybe like fifteen, twenty minutes or something, they were still like close to Earth-like atmosphere and pressure around them enough to where they just wouldn't immediately freeze and explode or whatever happens to you in space. Yeah, I could believe that. Sure, whatever. Who cares? I I still think I, even like before the warp fold going out of there seemed like a thing that might have killed him because they were still like mostly in space when he went out. Uh yeah, especially like, like going like when he was trying to get back in uh, into the Macross. Uh, I don't know. I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. Like uh, the the hole being made by by the crashing battle pod and him being able to just get in there. No, no, I just like none of that stuff works for me i i hope it doesn't they don't they don't bring back this kind of stuff where they kind of look i'm no scientist but i think they're kind of stretching the science here how these things work we're, we're quickly becoming the comic book guy podcast manny none of these are, n- giant robots cannot exist look look i know i understand okay so let's move on past this okay. i want you to tell me what you <laughs> thought of min may's line uh this is this is one of the few notes that i made for this episode where i just like directly quoted Minmay. Okay. Where like I think right before it says there was an announcement. I think Misa said Lisa said, excuse me, they were entering fold space or something. And Minmay says, I'm sorry, Rick, but it's so tight. Sorry, Rick, but it's so tight. <laughs> do you remember that line? I do I do and I dislike it that you brought it up. <laughs> what what do you want me to add? I yeah, don't know. Gross. Like, why did they phrase it like that? I don't. What, what are they doing? I think I think it's just a, it's like a tight fit in there. Uh, I think I think you're reading into it a little bit much. I don't think oh. I don't think it's a sex joke. Is is why I, I, that's what I think buying. it's a sex joke. I think it's a sex joke. I I felt a little weird listening to it, but I put that past myself. And I think it's a sex joke because of the the tight flying off into the distance like team rocket like i'm sorry rick but it's so tight are you saying like is that that one hitchcock movie where uh, like the train goes in the tunnel to simulate sex uh is that a hitchcock movie i think so but anyway I'm... yes that's what i'm saying okay that is exactly what i'm saying there's a there's a volcano erupting a rocket taking off that's what i'm saying <sighs> uh, please god. react thank you yeah i god okay let's um maybe maybe i'll just edit all that out so i don't have to think about it uh what else do we have here i mean just for the the rest of the episode is mostly just that they they go in in the bridge and they they say man all this sucks huh they, they uh, find yeah. out the the fold disappeared um and then you know he, he, he goes out and, and vapes uh so not not yeah. too much more Really, unless you have anything. The only things I have left are I have a few funny Robotech differences, but overall plot stuff, I don't have too much more. Uh, yeah, like the, the the notes I have are just very minor stuff. Like, okay, 
there was a couple of scenes where Bruno Global, Global mm-hmm. had a much lighter accent. I don't know if you caught it. Yeah, I think he he vacillates a bit. Even in yeah. some of the prior episodes, I think he's not all the way there. Uh, yeah, the, but like towards the end, I think he brought the accent back. But in the beginning of the episode, that accent was almost not even there. I wanted to point out the funniest change, maybe so far in the whole show. This like really got me cackling in Robotech. And I think for the first time, like not to its, it's not like trying to get a laugh out of me. I think it's pretty bad. Uh, do you remember the scene in Robotech where uh, Claudia is objecting to the captain's idea of folding that close to the planet? Yeah. Uh, do you remember like, like how that, that plays out? Uh, in Robotech, yes. Uh, it, is, it is so good. So in, in Macross, uh, it's, it's like a very natural conversation in terms of the escalation. Essentially, the captain's like, like we're, we're going to do this really dangerous thing. And Claudia says, like, but, but Captain, I, you know, we have to inform the, the human uh, government back home. He's like, no, we, like, we don't. This is an emergency. Like, and Claudia says, oh, but, but Captain, I really think he's like, no, this is an order. We're going to do it. So it's like this natural escalation uh, that, that, of course, like, makes a lot of sense. Like, nothing like, if, if their Robotech thing didn't happen, I wouldn't be mentioning the scene now. But in Robotech, very strangely, it goes a little bit up and down where Henry is talking to Claudia and he's like, okay, listen, we, we have to fold really close to the planet. And she's like, fold this close to the planet, but don't we have to alert the, the government? Well, um, y- you know, no, you're, you're, you're right, sir. This is an emergency. I, I'm sorry for speaking out. He's like, no, 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 don't listen. Don't worry about it. It's totally chill. It was good of you to, to bring it up. And I, I'd like, it's responsible of you to do so. He's like, yeah, but, but sir, like, don't you think he's like, shut up. Uh, <laughs> he yells that shut up too. Huh? Don't we need permission from headquarters? This is an emergency. We don't have time for that. But, Captain, you know the regulations specifically. Uh, Sorry, sir. I know what the regulations say, but I appreciate you bringing it to my attention. I just wanted to. (gasps) You've got my order. Yes, sir, Captain. Uh, It's really weird that they made it go like that instead of just like a natural escalation. So now it's like she apologizes by herself. He says, no, it's chill. And then for seemingly no reason, she butts up again. And then he yells at her just as hard as with the end of a conversation. It's really funny. Yeah. Really got me. And then, and then she brings it up again when they, they realize they're in Pluto. Mm -hmm. She's like, I said we shouldn't have done it in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Quite, quite fair. Uh, what what do you think about the the Brito uh, Henry difference in this episode? Uh, I, I, I like I like Bruno more in this episode than Henry, okay. uh, just because he's not uh, a prick to Claudia. Yeah, he's a little bit more professional. He's a little really? bit more professional. Other than that, I think towards the end, where he's he's telling the crew, "Hey, we're kind of stuck here." I, I think I think uh, Macross had a little slightly better tone to it. Where he was like, oh, I fucked up. I fucked up. We should mention again for, for the audience that Bruno is uh, the captain from uh, Macross and Henry, Henry is the captain from Robotech. The The one difference between them I, I noted was that uh, when he's kind of like talking aloud to himself about the crew about, oh, why are we getting toyed with in Macross? He is much more like. Uh, hmm, why are we getting toyed with? Are they just like fucking with us? Well, you guys shouldn't worry about it. But he, in Robotech, he does not say that last thing. He just says, hmm, maybe they're fucking with us. What do you guys think? I don't know. Everyone just like stares at him. 
uh, which I, I think is a uh, very, very, very tiny, but pretty funny. Actually, I think I think in in Robotech they just cut out the crew reacting to him. Uh, that was one of the things they just edited out of the episode, the crew wow. reaction to to being toilet. Because in Macross, like they were kind of like uh, some people were like incredulous to the to it, like oh, we can't be being toyed with. But the the I don't remember any of that in, in Robotech. Yeah, they just have to sit with it. Yeah, uh, just like we do. Uh, what else? A couple of small differences, like uh, uh, in in Robotech, they they just name characters more, especially characters that are off screen that we don't see, like uh, Fokker leaving another officer in charge uh, of retrieving all the Valkyries. In 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 Robotech, he just says, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna go do this. You guys collect all the all the uh, all the Valkyries." And in Robotech, he actually names. Hey, Captain Kramer, you're in charge of of this, this, and this. Henry does that towards the end of the episode where he heard, he hears that, hey, the the space fold drive has been has been space folded out of here. He he names the character. Hey, I'm gonna go see Chief Engineer Lang. Oh yeah. Macross, he's like, oh, I'm just gonna go down to the engineer and see what's up. So I, I kinda like that little bit more personal touch. Yeah, they just they just give everyone a character's name that we'll remember. Or if they if they even appear, yeah. Even if they don't appear, I just I, I just want to know. Hey, you know where where are they going? Who's the chief engineer? What's going on here? I want to build this world a little bit a little bit more. Speaking of world building, Fokker calls someone a big palooka at one point. <laughs> that big palooka seems to have formed a permanent attachment to you guys. Uh, who does Robotech. he call that? Uh, uh, maybe the, the, the dead alien, right? He calls it the daylight. The oh yeah, he calls yeah. the dead alien a big palooka. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, really good. Yeah. Do you, do you have much uh, much else? Uh, uh, yes. One one of the uh, uh, ethnic ja- gestures that, okay. oh, that yeah. your buddy Masek mm-hmm. changed. Uh, he changed one of the ship names. The ones that got destroyed uh, during the laser, the massive laser barrage. That was a good name that the aliens called it. They said they said that twice. Massive, massive laser barrage or something like that. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, one of the ships was uh, called the Miranda. The one of the smaller ships, not the big armed. They have a different mm-hmm. name in, in Robotech. I can't quite remember. Anyway, uh, one of the ships was the Miranda. That that called, name transferred over. I think they call the Armor, like Armor One, Armor Two in Robotech, if I remember correctly. Uh, if you remember correctly, it's Armor One and Armor Ten. I think. Okay, sorry. Yeah, the go, go ahead. But one of the other ships was named Akishima in Macross. And in Robotech, they said, no, nah, none of this Japanese stuff. We're going to change it to uh, Cersei. Just getting rid of the Japanese name of it altogether. Akishima is just like a city in Japan, right? Uh, it might be the name of an island. Okay. I just Googled it. So it's a, it's a city, it looks like. Okay. So maybe it's named after something. But yeah. Yeah, get, yeah. get own Japanese culture. Yeah, we don't need you here. Too many uh, syllables to pronounce. Misa? No, yeah. Lisa? Uh, Misa? No. Lisa? Yes. Come on. All right. I think uh, that that's about what we have for for this episode, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. This okay. is these episodes are too too similar to really have much to talk about differences wise. So, uh, but like a pretty pretty fun episode, I think. Uh, some some good laugh lines, some intentional, some some not. Uh, as as mentioned, very horny flirting with with Min May. Uh, that that friendly line is really great. Very like very creepy. Uh, if if Fokker said that, I would have hated it. But since 
the Hickaroo said that. Um, and it, like their relationship is a little more normalized age, like at least you know age wise, it's the same, but maturity wise, uh, the the flirting is a little bit less gross. Not that I don't know. It's I think it's only weird in in Macross because of of how childlike Minmay is. Like yeah. Carter's a little immature, but but he, he's immature like for his age. I think I think Minmay is just immature. Yeah. She uh, might also be immature for her age, even though she is younger. Yes, uh, you're right. But also she is younger. She is uh, 15. Yes. Just just remember that number, please. Thank you. Please, Roy Fokker, remember that number, 15. Take some advice from Fokker. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, only one last thing to do is our cross-up. Uh, we were talking a little bit before what this would be. These are very similar episodes, and it would be very boring to do like armed versus armor. Uh, although I guess I might say armor. I don't know. I don't care about either of them. So let's just let's just do a character. Let's do uh, Lisa versus Misa. Manny, what are you thinking? Lisa versus Misa. Who would you rather go on a date with? Assuming uh, you speak their language. Nah, they're too old for me. <laughs> that is not Manny. Our, I think you're. <laughs> You're older than than them, aren't aren't you? Uh, God damn it! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Lol. Uh, what did she say? She says she's thirty one. Something like that. I don't know. I just know you're pretty old. So oh, I wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This podcast is over. <laughs> Sorry. I'll 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 edit it out. I'll uh, to, I'll I'll put I, you I, saying twenty five. Lisa may stand up for this, but I will not. I will not stand for being called a sourpuss, old sourpuss. Uh, Lisa um, seems a little bit more competent, right? Than the, the Misa. Yes, yeah, for sure. She she's got it going on with uh, looking into into Rick Hunter's background. Like she probably knows all about him at this point, uh, mm-hmm. except that he he's a civilian. He probably she probably didn't know that. Yeah, uh, she she did that. She's um, I guess their reactions being called old were pretty similar there was one funny thing that lisa did in that conversation that, that misa did not do which is to change the subject she cleared her throat which was very funny she's like <clears throat> and she got everybody back on track just like that whereas misa she's kind of just took it stood there for a little bit and then everybody slowly went back to work so she, she's got that authority yeah right? uh lisa seems a little bit more uncomfortable around the captain because he's just more more of a dick in Robotech, right? Did you say yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, except uh, for today, where where Henry was just like chewing out Claudia for no reason over here. Yeah, no. Henry's Henry's Robotech. Yeah, he, he, uh, he, he, he was in that cross. No, I said Robotech. Oh man, we're doing a lot of this. Is going to happen for it is it is eleven twelve. We need we need to wrap this up. Who would give me give me your your date info, Manny? Quick. My who, date, who, info. yeah. Who who are you dating? Who are you dating, uh, Lisa? I, I'm gonna, or, or Lisa? I'm gonna date. Uh, I'm gonna date uh, Minmei's Chinese restaurant uncle. Uh, that's another thing they changed. I just want to bring He's it up. He's not in the cross up. You have to oh, look, look. I just want to bring it up that okay. in the Japanese dub, he has a Chinese accent. They got rid of that Chinese accent. Oh, like the Japanese had a Chinese accent? Yes. Oh, I I completely did not catch that at all. Yeah, he totally does. Has a, a Chinese accent. He talks like uh, like shampoo from Ranma, uh, which is like a very gentle light touch to to her, her to their speaking. There's there's no, none of the harsh edges that exist in Japanese, uh, and they got rid of it. 
And that's why I would date him and not me, Sir Lisa. This, uh, this segment is very bad now. <laughs> we have, we have, we've unable to uh, find or even talk about a, uh, a winner. You know what? Fuck, fuck cross up. Hate it. Maybe a bad segment. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll just have it when it makes sense more to have it in an episode. Ah, uh, that's uh, true. Like, cause we talked about it before that like these episodes are just too similar. Yeah. You asked me, I asked you, we had nothing. And Manny refuses to tell us who you would rather date, Lisa. Who would you rather date? Tell me. All right. Um, Would you would you run your fingers through her curly hair? Yeah, yeah, sure. She 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 allow me to. Uh, I guess I guess that'd be okay. Uh, I I think I think they both seem seem nice. I think uh, you know probably honestly like I I feel like like someone that with like their shit together that much probably wouldn't be a good romantic fit for me. Like only like I I say it is a nice way towards them and a bad way as, as uh, towards myself as possible. I'm not equipped to, to handle someone that is, uh, that's got the shit together like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. We're getting deep into it now. Oh, yeah. All right. And then, <laughs> and then that's, uh, our, uh, Joe Biden approved segment of cross up. <laughs> Any last little bits you'd like to throw in for the episode ends? Uh, no, uh, nothing to say here. I just want to, I just want to say we need to get, and by we, I mean me, yeah. uh, need to get on point so we don't record these episodes this late. You need, so. you need to learn a little bit more from fucking Misa and Lisa. Okay. You know, here's, here's the cross up Misa and Lisa versus Manny. Misa on and Lisa time. win. Yeah. 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 I lose. I'm not, I'm not on time. <laughs> they were on the bridge in the first episode before anybody else. Right. I would have been there by episode three. <laughs> I know he would have. You would have uh, been like, "What's why? Why is the macross gone? It was supposed to be here for like an hour." Like, where's the island? This. Yeah, where's the island? Where did it go? <laughs> yeah, where? That's right. Where? Where's the? Why am I floating in the ocean? I, this was. This used to be my home. <laughs> I, uh, I I took a small little trip outside, and now it's now it's just all wet here. Uh, well, on that on that note of everything being wet, we should wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. Good good show so far. Good episode. I think Robotech's still fun. Uh, Robotech still at the point where it has offended me uh, less than the, the Macross. Uh, and this uh, podcast is still so fun to record. And I'm having a great time spending time with, with you, Manny, as always. Wow, sounds like you're lying. No. Well, that sounds like you're lying, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, th- thanks, th- thanks so much. We, me and me, Manny are going to have a furious fight off off mic about this uh, as soon as we turn these mics off. Uh, but for you, I hope you don't have any relationship issues with anime ladies or with your podcast partners. I hope you have a freaking great rest of your day, your night, or your midday. Uh, good, say, say goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Good day. Goodbye. Good night. Yeah, and remember, I love you. You love me. Yeah, I love you. I love you. Do you remember Robotech is hosted by me, Shane, and my good friend, Manny. The intro music is arranged by me, sampling the Macross opening, a Robotech commercial, and Lifelike by Alexi Action. The podcast art is arranged by Manny, with the logo in particular made by Glory Designs.
Our ending music is a mashup of My Boyfriend is a Pilot and My Time to be a Star, arranged by Joshua Collins.